Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the, the podcast determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. And I'm Tom. Did you almost say the Tomcast? It sounded like you're about to say the Tomcast. I think I almost did say the Tomcast. Tomcast. (laughs) (laughs) How are y'all doing? Doing real good. I'm sorry. My Christmas decorations are up inside the house. 80%. Best time of the year. It is the best time of the year. And I had like a major craving for hot chocolate tonight, and I think it's a sign. It's a sign. It is. The season is here. My Christmas lights got installed on the outside of my house today. Question. When do you turn them on? Yesterday. Or today. <gasps> no, nice. they, no, Sorry. They got us on yesterday. <laughs> we turned them on last night, not today. Sorry. And what's the color scheme? Red, green, white. Oh, lovely. It's I love quite red, green, lovely. white. It was nice coming home it last is. night. Uh, I was around people for the first time since COVID started last night. It was weird. Weird. What'd you do? I partially officiated a wedding. Ooh, how was it? Oh my goodness. Yeah, my friend got married outside. And uh, I did some reading and some praying. And uh, I was one of two people wearing a mask. Okay, sounds about right for our regional area and mask usage. It's kind of depressing. But I had a great deal of object of being around people that I didn't anticipate. So maybe I won't feel so bad Mm -hmm. once I'm not worried about people infecting me and giving it to my daughter because ellie gets vaccinated this week congratulations it's exciting that's something to be thankful for this thanksgiving yeah it is. she's joining the she's joining the colburn crew she is joining the colburn crew we are looking forward to being fully vaccinated as a family i guess a few days after thanksgiving but it won't kick until what like two weeks after thanksgiving if the kids get their booster like two days after so we're looking to roll yep. into that Christmas season with a weight lifted off my shoulders that I'm not going to be stressed about my asthmatic kid having to go to the hospital if he happens to catch it. So, Yeah, that's great. And I'm all boosted up now. Get your booster. Booster power on. A booster. Are you working tomorrow? Uh, we'll see how I feel tomorrow, but yes. <laughs> that's the plan. When I got the booster, I felt like that scene from like infinity war every time thanos puts a stone in and the glove lights up and he looks like he's in pain for a minute before he gets stronger (laughs) that's what i felt like as the shot went into my body (laughs) (laughs) except you'd be iron man you wouldn't be or you'd be the hulk or somebody don't be thanos never be thanos i mean yeah Yeah, i mean (laughs) 
<laughs> He's real small and pesky. He'll annoy you. I'm just kidding, Anthony. <laughs> oh, man. But yes, my plan is to work tomorrow. And then in two weeks, my plan is to start a new job I got at the same company. <gasps> so happy. And there was much Congratulations. rejoicing. There thank was you. much rejoicing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We'll see how it goes. For all you know, you may hear even more complaining, <laughs> complaining now, but I doubt it. I am ready for a change, and I'm excited I got it. So, I, too, am also excited that you got it in addition as well. I got an extra time to hang out with Anthony this week. Wasn't it lovely, Tom? It, I enjoyed the beginning of it very much. And then I found myself somewhat annoyed. What are we talking about? Bunch of drunk people. Bunch of drunk people. <laughs> I was honestly surprised no, you showed a... up. Why were you surprised that I showed up? <laughs> I just, I just didn't, I just didn't know you were. So when I saw you come on, I was like, oh, "Tom's joining, guys! New toys!" <laughs> <laughs> Yay for Tom! <laughs> No, I, I was, uh, listeners, you can hear, or maybe you don't want to, a Patreon episode in which uh, a bunch of us, probably about 10 people, uh, nine lots people, of people, lots of people sat around watching a brand new Hallmark Christmas movie called Next Stop Christmas, the night it premiered as we played a Hallmark drinking game. However... <laughs> Five or ten minutes into the film, the film was completely forgotten, and it just turned into drinking and laughing and talking about the film. <laughs> Some of us kept going back to the film. It was fun, though. <laughs> I enjoyed it. You'll it get to was hear... good. I'm just kidding. It was a lot of fun. You'll get to hear people like Ron, President Hot Dog, Kim, A Planning for Christmas, me and Tom, CJ, Kendall, Charlene, uh, listener Ryan and his wife Sarah, first time talking to them on camera they seemed awesome first time caller long time listener yep (laughs) (laughs) he's been listening listening to the podcast for over three years oh my gosh i'm glad he could join that's great i am too he was a cool guy he was fun he was he was very cool we missed you julia though yeah (laughs) tom and cj were uh downing their beers to see who could do it faster and i told them i bet julia could be both of you (laughs) Doubtful. That is not one area where I excel. Well, CJ's got a very interesting style. He just kind of takes it and pours it all over himself and then says, I win. Like Joey drinking the gallon of milk in under, what, <laughs> yes, 20 seconds? Yes. 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 <laughs> Did he really pour it all over himself? That was basically what happened. It was a fun <laughs> evening. The room opened 730. The last people trickled out around after midnight. It was, it was fun. Next time, I'll just open a room and not even, like, have the pretense of doing a Christmas movie. Just make a talk. Those are fun. Just to talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, talk about the Christmas movie. I have had... Did you all see I've been having this recurring nightmare? Yeah, with Rosita. Yes. Yeah, so I've been having a recurring nightmare with Rosita from Sesame Street <laughs> haunting my dreams. <laughs> Literally waking me up, like, heart racing, out of breath type dreams horrible how bizarre is that though like do you make a habit of watching things on television that she's in no the the only time i watch just randomly the only time i watch sesame street is when we cover something for the show i don't even babysit my cousin's kids anymore to watch it with them 
Okay. Well, I didn't know like if you had been on another podcast because you do, you know, show up on lots of other people's pot and maybe you saw an episode of something. So random. It is random. It is random. Is it just her presence that's terrifying or does she do terrifying things? No, she does terrifying things. It's like, it's like I'm in a house that is similar to my parents' house, but not my parents' house. So it's like huge and dark and the power is not working. Yeah. And I'm in like the main room and I'm like, like the entrance and I'm like, why isn't the light working? And then no joke. I just hear that voice singing the ABCs. No joke. And she comes, it's like pitter patter, pitter patter, pitter patter. And she comes running out of the kitchen with a knife and jumps on me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's so comical when you retell it, but I can see how that would be terrifying. Yeah. And and Especially it's not Rosita as she's designed now. Because for 10 years when I was growing up, she had, she had wings. Rosita? Like Abby Cadabby? Yeah. She was my she no, not wings like that. Like kind of like bat wings. Like when she did it, like she kind of had the like skin under her wings. She was designed after a fruit bat. Oh, I didn't know that. But they removed they removed those in the early two thousands. And so she's but I'm she's winged in your dreams. Yeah. She's wing it. She's wing it. This is like this is like the weirdest recurring dream i've ever had worse than when i'm on wheel of fortune and pat sajak is telling me to solve the puzzle (laughs) (laughs) if i were the host of wheel of fortune and you were on that is exactly what i would say to you (laughs) well i mean when's when's the last time you had one of these dreams rosita ones yeah uh, probably the day after I posted on social media about it. And you know what? I'm going to say it out there. People can laugh all they want. I was expecting that. But now I'm getting tagged in every single thing this Muppet appears in online. All of a sudden, she was on CNN for the vaccine town hall for little kids. And she was, like, the cover on CNN's link. So people were like, Anthony, it's your girl. And, like, oh, my gosh. You're not helping. That's funny. Oh my god. Sesame Street? I mean, I can't avoid Sesame Street now. None of us can because, you know, a United States senator is in a feud with Big Bird. That's embarrassing us worldwide, but we won't get into that. Well, hey, you got to give the guy credit. At least he stands by his values. He let it go when somebody said he was a Zodiac killer. He let it go when somebody said his dad was behind the assassination of JFK. He was able to forgive and move past when somebody called his wife ugly and threatened to spill the beans about her, which we don't know what that means. But he's not going to let it go with Big Bird. At least he's found where he's going to plant his his flag and on the hill that he's willing to die on. Big Bird. At least he's got... Yeah, Big Bird, Sesame Street. Oh. Not letting children die of COVID. The other thing they're acting like this is a big deal. They they've done this multiple times to make kids comfortable with vaccines. They did a big vaccinate your children campaign back in 1974. None of this is new. It is not new that the military mandates vaccines. None of this stuff is new, but for some reason we're politicizing something really freaking stupid and I don't understand why. Oh, well I know why they are. He's doing it to pander to the lowest common denominator, but all I'm going to say is uh as so often happens when something like this <laughs> occurs in pop culture and the news and stuff, people are quick on social media because there is a big bird for Senate Twitter account, which has thousands of followers already, which is hilarious, promising to oust Ted Cruz. And 
I recommend giving it a follow because <laughs> it's Big Bird. <laughs> so, speaking of recommended thing, recommending things or not recommending things, tonight we are covering <laughs> the brand new 2021 Hallmark original movie, Next Stop Christmas, which premiered this past Saturday, November 6th on Hallmark Channel. Quick plot synopsis for those who have never heard of it. Angie wonders what life would be like if she had married an ex who became famous. When she finds herself magically transported into the past, Angie has a chance to relive that Christmas and learn what and who is truly important to her. So, quick segment this time around. Histories with this movie. Julia. I watched it tonight. Not live. I recorded it and then watched it tonight. A hallmark. Tom. I watched it with a bunch of drunkards <laughs> on Saturday night. I had the same experience as Tom. I watched it with a bunch of drunkards Saturday, <laughs> Saturday night. Watched about 15 minutes and then like kept just looking at the TV, not knowing what was going on because <laughs> I couldn't hear it. <laughs> and I thought to myself, as soon as it ended, I'm going to have to rewatch this. <laughs> so... Let's run through the cast real quick. Playing our heroine, Angie, is Lindsay Fonseca. And she is probably best known for playing Ted Mosby's daughter on How I Met Your Mother. At the beginning and end of each episode, he's telling the story to her. Uh, She's in the Turner and Hooch TV series on Disney+. Plus. She's Laura Turner. Uh, She was on Replay. She was on Agent Carter. Uh, Nikita... Desperate Housewives, Big Love. She's an episode of House. So she's been in a lot of TV things. Are we fans of this actress before this film? I'm not sure that I ever connected who she was, right? And I've watched Turner and Hooch on Disney Plus, at least most of the first season, and I quite like it. So she's, I don't know, sort of familiar. Which kind of falls where a lot of Hallmark female stars, unless they're some from our past, right? she's familiar i knew her from how i met your mother i was a big fan of that show when it first aired it aged horribly i can't rewatch that one like i can the office and friends and ones i really love but yeah that's where i know her from i think she's actually a pretty darn good actor with respect like compared to lots of other hallmark stars interesting you said that because i have strong opinions on that which we'll get into when we discuss certain scenes in this movie Interesting. We haven't even mentioned the fact that Danica McKellar left Hallmark, have we? Did she leave Hallmark? Yeah, she's going to the GAC. Yep. <sighs> this 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 episode just keeps getting worse and worse. <laughs> That's a rain on your parade. Tom, do you know this main <laughs> actress? Uh, I mean, I saw her sitting on a couch for a couple years, but that's about it. Yeah, that was my main relationship with her too. She sat on a couch in a movie that I, in a show that I lost interest in early on, but yeah. Somebody we all know and love, Christopher Lloyd plays Doc Brandt. I mean, the train conductor in this film, slash our angel, slash our ghost, whatever the heck he is. And uh, Christopher Lloyd needs no introduction. He is synonymous. Probably most well-known for, well, he is most well-known for Doc Brown in the Back to the Future trilogy, but he's also been in lots of classics. He's in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, 
was in Uncle Fester. He was Uncle Fester in the Adams Family movies from the nineties. He was in Clue. Um, he was in that uh, Bob Odenkirk movie that came out recently. Nobody. He was in one of my favorite '90s comedies, Camp Nowhere. Do y'all remember that one? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, he was in Donald Trump's The Art of the Deal, the movie. He played Doc Brown. What? Uh, he was in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He played Santa Claus, John Number Two. He was in Taxi. He's, he's been in a lot of stuff. Everyone knows this guy. Um, and I'm just gonna go on a limb and say Doc Brown. He's my Doc Brown. I he is Doc Brown. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. Same. I think that'd be like me saying it's dark outside right now, right? Playing Mom, who I'm going to mention next because she was top billing in this movie with Christopher Lloyd and all the commercials. They were like, oh, Leia Thompson and Christopher Lloyd reunited in a Hallmark movie, even though they don't share a scene together. And Christopher Lloyd's barely in it. But playing Mom in this movie, Leia Thompson plays Evelyn Reynolds. Leia Thompson also, from the Back to the Future trilogy, she played Marty McFly's mom. She was a cutie McCute face then. She's a cutie McCute face now. I can understand why on the Muppets, Kermit put her on his list. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. She was in Howard the Duck, The Goldbergs, uh, Switched at Birth, Scorpion, The Christmas Clause, which is a TV movie. She's been in a bunch of Jane Doe TV movies. Okay. Uh, she was in Ed, For the People, Caroline in the City, The Larry Sanders Show. She was in a 1982 Burger King commercial with Leia Thompson, Elizabeth Shue, and Sarah Michelle Geller, which I, I remember someone posting about that last year. That was one of those like lost commercials. She was in wow. Dennis and Menace. She was the mom in Dennis and Menace, too. She was Alice Mitchell. Oh, That's that was right. Such a fun she movie. was. I um, but that. for me, she will always be Lorraine McFly. Same. Trying to uh, get her son into his underwear oh when gosh. he goes back in time. She gets creepier the <laughs> older you get when you watch it. Love yeah. uh, finds a way. <laughs> it is creepy, but in fairness, it's set the template for all the time travel movies, right? Because now when, you know, there's always the time travel, like, awkward yeah. scene with your parents when they're younger. Type. Yeah, there is. That's true. Playing Tyler Grant is Eric Freeman, a.k.a. a poor man's Adrian Grenier. Grenier. Yes. I don't know who that is. He's the guy from Entourage. Like the lead guy in Entourage. He's in that show everyone likes on Netflix. The, um, what's it called? It's new. It looks like garbage, though. The cyber crime one. Okay. I thought he he looked like a, a knockoff Hamish Linklater to me. The brother from... New Adventures of Old Christine and the priest from Midnight Mass. Oh, uh, you know what? I can kind of see that too. That's a good hmm. call. Uh, this guy does not have a lot to his name. He was on a TV show called Katie Keen. He was in an episode of The Blacklist, an order, an episode of SVU, Blue Bloods. Uh, in 2017, he was in a TV show called Can Hitler Happen Here? Spoiler alert. Yeah. So. um well so one thing i want to say that this movie did while we're talking about him real quick that it did very interestingly that other time travel movies don't do um as well uh when she goes back in time and is supposed to be her old self uh she still looks 10 years older than he did he looks like a baby compared to her y'all yeah he does playing 
dad, George Reynolds, is Matt Walton, estranged from Leia Thompson's character in the present. He has been in Younger, The Purge, Election Year, The Affair, How to Train Your Husband, or How to Pick Your Second Husband First, Adam Ruins Everything, The Blacklist, Notorious, SVU. Wow. It's been busy. It's really funny because he reminded me of another SVU character from a uh, really memorable episode. Trent Williams. I don't know if y'all remember the episode where the football player had brain damage and couldn't remember anything. Anyway, no. he looks like Trent Williams. Oh, he is a Law & Order alum because he's been on that SVU. He's been on Law & Order proper. He's been on Criminal Intent. He had an arc on All My Children. So. Whoa. He was dad. Wow. Uh, I don't know him. Do either of y'all? No. Let's see. Nicholas Delaney plays Peter. Now, I believe, is Peter the Santa Claus? The other, the other lover? The other... No, Peter is the sister's oh. husband. Ben. Oh. Ben okay. is the Santa Claus. Well, and for those of you who don't know, you are listening to the most under-researched podcast in the Christmas Podcast <laughs> Network, y'all. <laughs> I can't keep track of names. I can't either. Not in this. Well, especially when they're all so cookie cutter generic. Like none of them make a lasting impression whatsoever. I feel like you could take any of these characters, remove them, put somebody else in halfway through the movie, and I wouldn't notice the difference. Well, then you're not paying attention. I mean, their faces may look a little different, but like they're just, it's just so generic and boring. Uh, This guy has had guest starring spots on a few not really famous or big tv shows although he did star as a guy named danny on a show called fully engaged while we're on him we may as well talk about the sister Paige. nope Kristen, played by Paige herschel uh she's been on american housewife rose drive yoga pants gone wrong and my haunted house playing aunt mert is erica slezak and this is a character trope we see in every Hallmark movie. There's always this older, wiser character, whether it's grandma, and aunt, whoever. She's been in Blue Bloods, One Life to Live. Oh, she played new Katie. Okay, that's funny. I didn't recognize her. And then we have Ben, played by Chandler Massey. This is Christmas Santa guy, right? This is Christmas Santa guy. And he has been in... Days of Our Lives, Days of Our Lives, Beyond Salem, Army Wives, One Tree Hill. And I guess the only other character worth mentioning is her friend at the beginning, Sabrina, played by Sarika Wolf, who was in FBI's Most Wanted, The Oa, Stooped, Snarkbite, Black Nativity. Anyway, that's our cast of this wonderful film. Yep. So... Uh, well, I also want to make mention of the fact that Dustin Rickert directed it. Now, if you don't know Dustin Rickert, we have covered him before. He produced Christmas at Graceland. He did direct my favorite Christmas movie, Hallmark movie from last year, starring uh, Peloton Man, One Royal Holiday. Bradley Rose. Bradley yep. Rose. Yep. I yep. loved that one. Uh, that was just a... F- I love the royal ones for whatever reason. But this guy, basically, if you go on his IMDb, he did a billion Hallmark Christmas movies, whether produced or directed. So we've covered him before. We'll cover him again. That may be a threat to some of you, and it should be. 
So yeah, this is a talent associated with this movie. So real quick before we really dive into the plot, if you can call it that, I want to get your overall thoughts on this film. So I want to start with Tom and then Julia, who's probably the most positive, and then me. Let's do let's let's balance this out here. So Tom, why don't you go first? That was terrible, y'all. It was just bad. There was nothing memorable from this film. That's all I got. I loved it. I thought it was great. One of the best Hallmark movies I've ever seen. Wow. I did not really like I expected more. They 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 advertise this, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. They advertise this as a Christopher Lloyd Leia Thompson movie. And Christopher Lloyd is barely in it. And Leia Thompson's part was not that big. And I'll give credit where credit's due. In terms of Hallmark actresses, she's probably better than most. Uh, even though she still overacts the heck out of certain scenes where I'm like, what the heck are you doing? And I'll say this, the house in this film is probably the most beautiful Hallmark house I've ever seen. At least on the outside with the wreath in every window. It looked gorgeous. The atmosphere was incredible. But in terms of... Okay, so this took place in Yonkers. This isn't Yonkers, y'all. Can confirm as Yonkers is 20 minutes away from me. <laughs> and can confirm that even before she hops on the magical train, the train she boarded at Penn or Grand Central or wherever she got on that train, I don't even remember, they don't look that new or clean. Uh, so, again, Hallmark is not good with portraying New York City accurately, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Y'all know I loved the Christmas train which you guys were not big on. And I just don't know how Hallmark went from such a great train story to a crappy one. That, that, they could have made this Back to the Future 4. This could have been Marty, uh, this could have been Doc Brown and the train from the Old West, and he could have been helping this girl. But it would have been a better movie. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway, let's dive into the plot. You got this or you want me to get it? Well, I did the plot synopsis. Do you want to give us a snarky one? Yeah, let's jump in. Some generic Hallmark woman that looks like every other woman on Hallmark uh, starts going back in time on a weird train for some reason, talking to an old dude. She keeps trying to re- she keeps reliving the same time period and just not getting to the to the heart of why she's there. Uh, after many failed attempts, she finally finds that love was there all along for her. It's missing key elements of the plot, but okay. Which key elements? The fact that it wasn't just the love story that resolved everything. Oh, it was well when she didn't get to, it didn't end until she got until she was with the right guy, right? She wouldn't. Well, okay. So if she ended up with the right guy but didn't do the other key pieces, it also wouldn't have ended. Obviously, they saved the romance for the end. Oh, we all right. Let, let's like dive in <laughs> and explain this story kind of from the beginning. So it kind of makes sense in its own weird roundabout way. So our main character is Angie. She's a spinal surgeon who is overworked. She lives in New York City. She is she purposely overworks and snacks her schedule because her parents got divorced. So she doesn't want to go home. And she's missed the last two Christmases because of that. So this year... Did they explain why she's going home? She is, for whatever reason. She's not initially going home. She's not going home because her life is so busy. Mom has to understand. She's so big and important, she can't go home yet again. 
And Yonkers isn't home. Shady Grove or Shady Pines or Shady Blah Blah is home, not Yonkers. She lives in Yonkers. Okay. Still, Yonkers is a little too clean cut for this film, even the little glimpses we got. She's never in Yonkers in this film. She passes through at one point. She's on a magical train. She never passes through Yonkers. She's in the hospital or she, no, she's either in the hospital at that restaurant or she's on the magical train on the way to Shady Oaks, whatever it's called. (sighs) Okay. So she goes out for drinks with her friend Sabrina. You drink cocktails. And as they are drinking, they, you know, as people often do around the holidays, especially they reminisce about the past. And she reminisces, Angie thinks about her ex-boyfriend, Tyler Grant, who is now a world-famous sports commentator. And he proposed to her one Christmas, like 10 years ago, but Angie turned him down. And despite doing, despite turning him down, she still remembers it as the last good Christmas she had, mainly because that was the last Christmas her family was all together, right? Mm-hmm. So they're stalking Tyler on Instagram, as you do. And this is where we meet Ben, another childhood friend who shows up at the bar. And he's like, hey, ladies. Hey, Angie. How's your sister? I hear she's trying to adopt a child, which Angie knows nothing about, right? Because she's not involved with her family mm-hmm. at all. So she buys a, she wants to go home to Yonkers when she's stopped by a ticket agent who just happens to be Christopher Lloyd, Doc Brown. And <laughs> he, as happens in these Hallmark movies, this guy starts spouting advice when none is asked for. And he starts talking about the magic of Christmas and the Christmas season. And he gives her, he gives her a round trip ticket to, he tells her Yonkers and she says she doesn't need a round trip ticket. And he's like, Oh, it's a special, you know, this is just a special, keep it. And she's like, okay, whatever. And before she walks away, he's like, "Eh, you know what? Slow down. Appreciate the world around you. And Angie's like, yeah, whatever. And she rushes onto the train where normal ticket guys like, what kind of ticket is this? You'd think they'd let us know about promotions like this. And uh, yeah, he takes it anyway. But good job, man. And then she, and she falls asleep. What happens now? She wakes, she wakes up. up on a beautiful train. Who else wants to be on this With train? With an iPhone 4. She, okay, yes, you're right. She, this, this train is gorgeous. Like, legit. And mm-hmm. it's completely empty. Except for her and Tyler Grant is there. And... What? And he, they're completely, it's that typical time travel thing, right? Where she is so confused about what's happening and he's going on and on and on about how excited he is to meet her parents. And then the worst, such a bad bit of acting, she grabs him and kisses him because she wants (laughs) to see if he's real. And then he's like, wow, what was that for? Then he goes to kiss her again. And she's like, no, hold off. (laughs) She rushes away to try to figure out what's going on. She hasn't seen this guy in 10 years, and now he's making out with her. And then we see the conductor from the Polar Express, a.k.a. Christopher Lloyd, who looks exactly like him, (laughs) sitting in that same exact outfit, alone in a car, drinking hot cocoa, as you do, right next to a bunch of fancy-looking Christmas donuts. Mm -hmm. And she she demands to know what is going on. Her cell phone's old. She calls the hospital. No one knows her. And, uh... She tries to give Christopher Lloyd her ticket back, but half of it's missing. 
And she realizes it's 2011 and she's heading back home for the last good Christmas she remembered. Is this where we got the iPhone 4? Oh, well, this is the first time it comes up, yes. Yeah. But later on, yes. there's a whole other bit about how when she's trying to convince Ben what happened. She's yeah. like, my iPhone is so old. And he's like, what are you talking about? It's newer than mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but as would happen if any of us found ourselves in this scenario, she convinces herself it's a dream. And she just decides to play it out. So what happens when the train pulls home, Julia? Um, so she finds her way to... Her parents' house with her boyfriend. And she spends the better part of that first visit trying to orient herself in what is the new now. So there's lots of her reacting to things with all of her knowledge of the next 10 years and everybody being kind of confused. Like, why are you surprised that I'm here? And the dog is still alive. Obviously, the dog is still alive, and your kids are so small. Obviously, they're so small. This is all very Back to the Future and every time travel movie you see. Yeah. It is. You've ever seen. Yep. It is. And there's a fair amount of that. Um, And she's still trying to figure stuff out, right? We get glimpses of her sister having a strained relationship with her. We get glimpses of her mom and dad not being as close as is alluded to they once were. Um, and we see the sister relationship with her own husband and the issues they're having conceiving kids. So we start to get trickles of all of the problems our heroine needs to solve in order to have the movie end, <laughs> including, well, but I don't think this is where yes, we see Ben. Because she takes her nephew yet. with Tyler to go visit Santa, and it turns out Ben is Santa. And That's after right. Tyler talks to him, He's like, does anyone else want to sit on Santa's lap? And uh, they put Angie on the lap, and she realizes it's Ben. Tyler's a little jealous, right? Yep. He is a little jealous. He's like, huh, I didn't know that you had a really good friend that knows all of your, you know, quirks and stuff. And apparently you do, because, of course, who else tells him that, oh, Ben and Angie have been friends forever and ever and ever. Everybody. Everybody tells him that. And so he gets low-level jealous, and she is experiencing this anew. She never noticed earlier. Right. Right? How jealous he may have been with the first go-around. Huh. So after this, they all go to pick out a Christmas tree, where we meet Chloe, who is rambles on about how she was going to take the tree, but, you know, they, they want the perfect tree anyway, so go ahead and have it. It's a charity case. Like, we'll take the better tree later on. And why did Chloe want the tree? Because her aunt, aunt, oh, what's yeah. her face, throws the biggest Christmas bash in town, it, which is coming up in the next. Yeah, this this is one of those things that I love about Hallmark movies. And that also makes me jealous of real life. Don't you want to live in a town where there's always that one big house that invites the whole town over for caroling and the big Christmas party? Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. This movie made me decide what kind of rich I want to be. I want to be Hallmark Christmas movie rich, where the inside of my house and the outside of my house can look like that. Yes. Uh, I saw a video with a house that looked like that on the inside and people doing a time-lapse video of decorating it, if you need inspiration. Uh, Who are you talking about? Really, Anthony? (laughs) That wasn't subtle at all, Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, one year when you guys visit New York for Christmas, you can go visit the house, and we'll 
hire carolers and <laughs> whatever at that. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, the house and the party itself become a fairly pivotal moment in the story as well. For one of the story, one of the branches right. anyway. But not yet. So Angie goes home, goes to sleep, and is surprised when the next morning she wakes up and this dream isn't over. So she tries to take the train home, but the ticket is still half blank. It's blank. Right? And so she's looking for signs <laughs> to help her figure out what's going on, what she needs to do to get home. And she runs into Ben and decides to tell him, because he's her childhood best friend, all about all the strange things that are happening to her. Like, you know, being from the future. Well, and it's because she gets inexplicably transported to the train, not on her own timing at random periods. This was confusing to me. Yeah. Because at first I was like, oh, because after the first full day passes, all of a sudden she's on the train again talking to conductor about the ticket. And I'm like, oh, are we doing Groundhog Day? And she's reliving the same day over again? And she's about to start it again? No. It's like she gets thrown back into the train when the conductor senses she needs guidance. Right. He is clearly the guardian angel here. Right. And he's trying to prod her in the right direction. Yeah. And these are jarring changes, by the way. Like, yep. they could have made it a lot. Because I was confused the first time. And then the second time, even, I was confused. But they, they these... could have just done it like when she goes to sleep at night, she wakes up on the train. Right. But it's not always just that. randomly. No, yeah. no, exactly. It yeah. It's confusing. Sometimes she'll just get into a car and then immediately flash into a train. Right. Right. Yeah, that was really confusing. What we learn is the first check-in she has with the guy, she's like, okay, like, I legit have no idea why I'm here. I thought I was here to, I mean, I don't know why I'm here. And so he coaxes her basically into saying, you've got some problems you need to write in your past in order to get that ticket home. And so she starts to think she's got the DL on what to do. Okay. Um, but it isn't until after she talks with Ben and spills the secret. And this is very funny because Ben doesn't believe her first. He humors her, listens to her, doesn't believe her. And then the weirdest moment happens where she's like, well, you know what? I, they go to the gingerbread house decorating thing at the house. And she's like, you're going to choke on that gumdrop. And he does. And she's like, ha well, I told you. And I'm thinking to myself, out of all the things to prove that you're from the future, like, that wouldn't prove it to me. I would just assume, like, choked? It was a lucky guess. That's it's just a, such a small moment. No. She was so specific. She's like, you're going to choke on a gumdrop, and I'm going to be the one and that I'm saves your save life. you. Yeah. Uh, well, he all of a sudden believes her after that moment. And he's shocked yep. when she tells him. But Tyler is proposing? Or did he propose yet? No, that happens later. Not yet. Yeah. Right. So, because, and he's shocked because he was like, well, I always thought we were going to end up together. Which, bold move, mm-hmm. kid. Um, but it doesn't matter because Tyler doesn't propose like the last time. Because they got to dinner. Well, while she's out with Ben, Tyler wakes up 
and he talks to dad and he's like oh it's a good thing angie isn't here because there's something i want to talk to you about regarding her and dad's like oh what could that be and we cut away and i think to myself wow that's crappy acting but okay um we cut to this fancy restaurant dinner where <laughs> they have two champagne flutes full to the brim and rather than proposing he's saying he got his job the big news sports casting job right and he has to leave for a day to go into the city and sign the contract and it's not what andrew was expecting and this was a little this was a humorous piece of acting where uh you know he's taking a sip of champagne and she's just downing her glass in like one glove because she's so uncomfortable at this dinner um (laughs) and i thought that was a funny scene yeah so because she knows she has to fix some wrongs to get back home to her time. She's paying a lot more attention this time around than she did the first time she lived it. And she notices how distant mom and dad actually are. And not only that, but she also realizes that her sister and her husband are having trouble conceiving a child through IVF. So she realizes all this stuff is going on with her family that she had no idea about the first time around because she just wasn't paying attention. She was kind of self-absorbed. She also is realizing just how threatened Tyler was by Ben that first time around, too. So what does she do? She sets Ben up with Chloe. Well, fake sets him up because Chloe's happy to have a fake boyfriend. (laughs) And that clearly puts whatever doubts Tyler was having about him and Angie at ease because he decides to propose to her in front of her whole family under this beautifully decorated snowy gazebo. I'll give him that. It was very magical. Yeah, it was beautiful. And a snowball that he chunks at her face. <laughs> chucks at her face. Is it chuck at somebody or you chunk it at somebody? It's chuck. Chuck it. Chuck it. It's chuck it. That's you right. chuck okay. something at somebody and you blow chunks when you're sick. There you go. That's how I'll always It's not always in your on. own apartment. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Wait, hold on. The reason that we think this is uh, there's a distinction in Texas, Julia. Chuck involves aim. Chunk is just to throw it away. In Texas colloquialism. Yeah. You chunk it if you're just chunking it to just throw it away. Like if you're just throwing something out of a window, you chunk it. But if you're aiming a snowball at a love interest's face, you're chucking it. Okay. You chuck it. Good to know. Excellent research on that. Thank you, Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) So Tyler has another important question to ask Angie after proposing, right? He's like, Angie, will you go to Barcelona with me for my job? He doesn't say for his job. Not at first. He's like, let's go to Barcelona. Won't be romantic. Romantic, And she's like, maybe. And he's like, plus I have job stuff to do there. She's like, oh. And that's when she realizes, like, he, he was always a very passionate guy, but it wasn't for her. It was for his work. Right. So what happens then? Well, so before she makes that realization, she has started the – Project get mom and dad. No project. Keep mom and dad together. How about that? Because 10 years ago they were technically still together. So she orchestrates um, some hijinks at the yearly Christmas party at aunt Myrtle. I don't know her name. And she basically says, wasn't it aunt what aunt Mert. They call her aunt Mert. Aunt 
Oh, Aunt Mert. Yeah. So it could be short for yeah. Myrtle. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, so she basically talks to her. And, of course, she has this heart-to-heart with another woman, an elderly woman on the show, which is a trope. For Hallmark. Hallmark. And, uh, and Aunt Mert makes mention, oh, your boyfriend is quite attractive, but it looks like he's distracted most of the time. Oh, and by the way, I thought you'd always end up with Ben. Because how many people do we have to have in this movie say, huh, I thought you were always going to end up with Ben. Many of them. All of them, as a matter of fact. Which, did you, uh, did either of y'all ever have like a close guy or girlfriend like when you were younger and everyone was always like, oh, why didn't you two date type thing? Like, because when that happens, yes. like that nope. is the most annoying thing. Yes. Like, so if this was it happening is. the first time around in her life, which I guess it wasn't because she's so surprised everyone thinks yeah. this, I'd be so annoyed. Like, I wouldn't even like <laughs> entertain the Consider thought. Consider it. Yeah, exactly. No. Will not ever happen now. Yep. Because you said it. No, I totally understand that. Um, Aunt Mert also talks about, um, you know, our big parties that's coming up. And Angie had figured out that the first time they met, mom and dad met, was at Aunt Mert's very first Christmas party. And so she starts to get her wheels spinning. How to keep mom and dad together. Let me rekindle this relationship that has gone cold. So is Aunt Mert mom's a mom's aunt or dad's aunt i think she's avuncular whatever the aunt word is for avuncular i don't think there's a familial relation between them because she says at the beginning it's aunt mert everybody calls her aunt mert she's just like an aunt to everybody got it got it got so she has uh, the carolers that are going to come back and sing and it's the same carolers that sang the certain songs that mom and dad danced to i mean it's back to the future right she she wears the dress. She I mean it's got there's Back to the Future <laughs> threads in this entire movie. It's Back to the Future. The only and it was at this point I was I was waiting like where's the photograph where Angie's disappearing because well it's not the ticket I wanted that to happen so bad. That's what that train ticket is. Oh. It's half disappeared. Yeah, yeah she, she photo, makes man. changes in the past that affect change on the ticket in her pocket. But I I never considered that like. She would disappear well, no, and just not be born if she didn't get it. It's Hallmark. Yeah. Well, but, no, because yeah. right. Well, and where she's going back in time, she's already born. Like yeah. Marty right, went right, back right. pre birth yeah. to to have inappropriate relations with his mother. <laughs> I'll have a milk dot 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 <laughs> chocolate. So okay, so she's got. Big Aunt Mert's party coming up. She's got some stuff planned. She's going to get mom in the original dress they met in, and she's going to rekindle this fire. Um, whose help does she need? Her sister's. And what comes into play with her sister? Of Their course. fertility issues. And she makes amends in that relationship, both by the care she pays to her mom and dad getting back together because sister obviously sees this as well. Sister is a lot more in tune to things around her because sister is a lot more caring and more of a family person than Angie is coming into the movie. Right. She's the one that stayed behind kind of. So their relationship, the one who's not too busy, their relationship is growing through this as well. Yeah. And Ben helps because Ben is part of the family because his grandparents raised him and he was just a part of this family the whole time. Kind of a surrogate family. So Angie says, I can't go to Barcelona with you. Because Christmas is kind of a big deal. And I need to be at Aunt Mert's party. And he begrudgingly is there. And he's like, we'll leave early the next morning. 
go to Barcelona. And what does she figure out after this party? She figures out she's always loved Ben. Well, first she figures out she doesn't love Tyler. She she has that realization. She he's more passionate about the work than her. That's right. So she cuts it off with him. She didn't realize she loves Ben until sister gets in on the action like a day later, and is like, "Hey, by the way, I've had this note for ten however many years that was in the box that Ben gave you all those years ago, and here is what it says. And it's it is it's Ben saying you have my heart and I love you and I think I've always loved you." It's very, it chapter two, where she finds Ben's little postcard from when they were yes. a kid, where she was, yeah, that's it what is. it was like to me. That is, that is what it is. And uh, when she reads this, her heart melts, and she realizes she's always loved him. That's right. And what happens? That realization fills the ticket back to the future, and <laughs> the train departs, and Angie calls Ben to set up place to be 10 years in the future a la serendipity a la back to the future where that guy shows up with a, with a, <laughs> a la so many <laughs> ben rushes to stop her from getting on the train but he's too late but what happens she arrives back in 2021 and <gasps> her family's still together she has a new niece Ben is there because she had made the plan. Then he he's an hour or two late, but he shows up and they kiss at the restaurant at, that which is trying to close, which is funny. Yeah, trying to close at eleven o'clock. Like the bar is like, yeah, we're trying to close. There's like nobody here, but he's just sitting there with like just salads ordered, like just salads, not mains, <laughs> nothing, just salads. Unless it's like. Christmas Eve, things close late Christmas no. Eve, but yeah, still stupid. And it turns out that like Ben's not just meeting her for the first time in ten years; they have a life together, and she yep. starts remembering it, which is cute. And he proposes to her with a little mm-hmm. frosty box, and she says yes. And then we see Christopher Lloyd ending the movie with a wink, and the train opens up in one of those big port yellow portals that looks like. Rick and Morty or whatever, the portal they always disappear in and out Excellent of. Excellent. And the train goes... <laughs> Excellent CGI. <laughs> and uh, the train disappears through it. At the end, he's off to start a franchise of these movies because he's going to probably show up in the next year helping another girl or guy. <laughs> the end! Yay! We're done. Everything is right with the world. So, let me ask you this, Julia. Because it is no secret on this podcast that all three of us have our issues with hallmark movies in general we've rated we've rated loads of them very low <laughs> and it's funny we all seem to like the different hallmark mm-hmm. movies like to- for tom it's north pole for me it's christmas train it's you it's this one what is it about this one that you really mm-hmm. liked the what resonated with you about this one so i i thought ben and angie had chemistry which i quite appreciated i like that there wasn't really a bad guy. I hate it when Hallmark has a bad guy or a bad girl because they're always like super obnoxious and schmaltzy. Even Tyler wasn't a bad guy. Um, I appreciate fantastical elements in a movie. And I like that this thing didn't take itself too seriously. I didn't think it did. Um, My issue with the Christmas train was dang that drama at the end. 
Like, did we need it? <laughs> and this one didn't have that. I mean, it was fluffy because it was meant to be fluffy and there was no high drama in it. And you knew exactly where it was going from the get go, like you do with all Hallmark movies. And for a Hallmark movie, I thought the acting was a lot better than a lot of the other Hallmark movies. So I just really like this one. And it's probably also the fact that our tree just went up a few days ago and the living room looks awesome. And I was working on outdoor Christmas decorations while I watched this and Marty watched it with me and Hannah also watched it with me and we had fun riff tracking it quite a bit together. So it's not just the movie, it's the the setting and the atmosphere in this is just like key hallmark, like well done on this atmosphere. I'll give it this. This is one of the most beautiful, yep. even by Hallmark standards, movies I've seen on Hallmark. And the music was good. Like the remakes they did of certain songs weren't obnoxious like they are sometimes in Hallmark movies. Right. So, you know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> there was no Christmas in Hollis. I thought it was great because all the sweetness in it was just the right amount of sweetness and I just liked it a lot. Tom, what what are your, I mean, you did not like it, Tom, correct? I mean, Julia brought me around to it a little bit more. I don't know. It was just, I didn't love it. I guess I don't hate it, maybe. I don't know. That's kind of where I'm falling with it, too. Like, Julia, like, I had fun talking about it with you guys, like, uh, running I like through Ju- it. I like Julia's take. And, Julia, you are right. Like, the setting you watch a movie in really does affect the movie, how you view a movie. And... I I don't know. Like I said, I've watched this movie twice. The first time wasn't really watching it because I was too busy talking online with people, which was fun. But like I was neglecting the movie. And the second time was tonight after a long <laughs> day of work. Clocks go back, so you're still tired from that. I had to like pause it to go get my booster shot before finishing it right before hopping on. So maybe I was not in the right state of mind either times I watched to really enjoy it. I'd watch it again just to give it a shot if it's on. I don't know if I'd seek it out, but if it's on, I totally will. Which, lucky me, I'm sure I'll be played 50 times this year because their new ones always are. Uh, Most assuredly. <laughs> but yeah, not, I don't know. I, I guess my biggest problem with this film was the expectation game, right? And that's a death knell to any film you're looking forward to is the ex- setting expectations too high. And my expectations going into this were high because of the fact they were teasing Christopher Lloyd and Leah Thompson. And I was expecting this Back to the Future reunion, which never happened. And he wasn't as in it as much as I would have liked. And yeah, so I was disappointed by all that, which brought it down for me. But talking about it with you guys, like, it's definitely not the worst Hallmark one we've covered, especially going through this list here. So yeah, I don't usually, I don't usually listen. Like, I don't usually sit down with y'all. We have a talk. We, I listen more than I, you know, interject and then change my stance but i really did this time so first of all does this have a linus moment oh yeah well if there's no linus moment then the ticket wouldn't have changed like the ticket was contingent on her changing right that is true so what would we rank this thing 7.3 whoa four and a half i'm gonna give it a five and a half which gives us 5.76 which isn't bad for our hallmark movies no, pretty good for Hallmark. That puts it at uh, number 43 on our list, just above Daddy's Home and just under Christmas with the Cranks slash Last Holiday. I'll be curious to see what listeners think of this, since it's brand new. 
I know that uh, the people who are on the watch along with us on Saturday were joking. They'll all be listening to this episode the day it drops because they need people to explain the movie to them since none of them were watching it that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably true. <laughs> so where can people find us and let us know what they thought of this film, Julia and Tom? Well, if they go to tisthepodcast.com backslash Twitter, Facebook, Facebook group, Reddit, Instagram, um, they'll find our social media presences wherever they are. Um, Facebook group is definitely the most active. So if you're really interested in getting people's feedback on this particular movie and others, as well as stuff coming up, um, that is definitely the place to be. Um, You'll find a bunch of fun friends there. And I mean, Christmas is close. But it'll just get more the closer we get. And that Facebook group is already hopping. All sorts of great stuff. So you can find us there. um, And you can find us on Patreon, too. Tom, you want to talk about that real quick? We have a Patreon. For a dollar a month, you can get bonus episodes at tisthepodcast.com slash Patreon, including the episode that we have referenced many times during this. We'll be live. The... Hmm, debauchery commentary live watch along recorded will be on patreon by then so check it out dollar a month and that was a fun one and there were some great fun stuff uh, now that we're past spooky season a few fun things have dropped on patreon the past two weeks in november we had an arthur christmas uh patreon episode which miss tad killian of christmas clatter labeled your christmas intervention which uh I did with him and CJ Belanger mm-hmm. because Todd made me do that because I made him watch Rob Zombie's Halloween for our Patreon. So this was kind of retribution Poor for him. Uh, <laughs> did my opinion on Arthur Christmas change at all watching it? Yes. Two people who loved it. Tune in to find out. It did. Um, and this past Wednesday, another live watch dropped, which I know Tom and Julia won't be upset about having missed because they hate this movie, A Christmas Story, which I did with a bunch of listeners, and that was a lot of fun. It is true. I do <laughs> dislike that movie a great deal. <laughs> so so uh, check it out. We'll have Thanksgiving stuff coming up soon. So lots of fun stuff. And if you want even more bonus content every Thursday in your main feeds for the next few weeks... Ending December 23rd, it's I Wrote a Christmas Book. A new chapter drops every Thursday, read by either me, Julia, Tom, another Christmas podcast host, a listener, whoever. And that's been really fun and a giant collaborative effort, which has been very nice. And yeah, so check it out. It ends December 23rd, so now's the perfect time to start catching up if you've been waiting to binge it. Unless you binge it, like, things in like two days, in which case hold off still mm-hmm. uh but this past week was uh brought to you by listener danielle essery from alaska i believe but yeah she did an awesome job so check it out so next week who i am excited and nervous and all over the spectrum here for uh <laughs> what we're covering next week we are covering disney plus's original sequel home sweet home alone Oh, boy. And then, the week after that, we are covering Love Hard, which is not as dirty uh-huh. as it sounds. The new Netflix original <laughs> Christmas movie. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, do you know why I'm not nervous about the new Home Alone? 
I have such low expectations. It will be hard for me to be disappointed. <laughs> there really is the key to everything is keep your expectations low. You know, that that's what I thought about <laughs> the, the sequel to Venom. And yet somehow, somehow keep expectations in check. You know, uh, Dexter came back, you know, the revival on Showtime and the whole new season is set at Christmas time. So it's been, it was lovely watching the first episode. So we'll have to watch Dexter, apparently. Dexter and Hawkeye will both be on our list next year. So lots of exciting things to look forward to, including the fact that there are only 984, 984, we're under 1,000, 984 hours until Christmas. 41 days. Five weeks. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm Five weeks, way. what the heck? That's crazy. Slow down. Now is the time for it to slow down, but that's not how time works, as Christopher Lloyd has taught us in countless movies. <laughs> so, do your homework, <laughs> watch Home Sweet Home Alone, and take time to enjoy the Christmasiness around you, because before you know it, we'll be counting down to Christmas 2022. Bye, y'all. Bye. Hugs and kisses. Hugs and kisses. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round your virgin mother and child, holy and so tender and mild sleep in heavenly peace sleep in heavenly